Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. The NFL League meeting is finally wrapping up here today, but there will be 17 games. But will there be fans in the stands in 2021? Plus, we take a look at our Broncos mailbag with Broncos country as they sent in their Broncos questions. We answer it here on today's brand new episode, Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the End Zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Senior NFL Analyst at Pro Football Network and Broncos Insider for the Lockdown NFL Network. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL, follow the podcast at Lockdown Broncos, like us on Facebook, and listen on your favorite podcast provider, folks, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the Odyssey app, which is brand new, no longer radio.com, it is the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, on your favorite app store, you can get Lockdown Broncos there every single day for daily exclusive Broncos news, content, and coverage, you get five days a week all year long. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm in a great mood here today. It's my birthday. I'm, I'm very grateful to be celebrating 27 years of life and being able to share this day with you, you guys and gals all across Broncos country, make it feel like it's my birthday every single day. I really appreciate your interaction, your engagement on the podcast, on social media. It means the world to me. It really, really does. So we're going to get some Broncos questions here towards the end of the show here. But to start off, we got to get into our NFL news and notes as it pertains to the Broncos. The Broncos obviously attended Justin Fields' pro day yesterday, and I'd be very shocked if San Francisco passes up on him. Mac Jones threw for the second time yesterday, had a lot of overthrows. I don't know if he's going to be the guy that San Francisco wants to gamble on with pick number three. I'd be shocked if it wasn't Justin Fields. But uh, outside of that, and as it pertains to another topic we discussed yesterday, the NFL, they were going to be voting on a 17-game regular season. That vote has went through. It has passed. It is now official. The Broncos will host the Detroit Lions in 2021. They will have nine home games on the season. We'll take a little bit of a look at some of the teams that the Broncos will be playing next season and just some of the potential storylines. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But the NFL also announced the expansion of the international series, right? Previously, we just knew that they held it to Mexico City and London, but it's going to expand to Europe. It's going to expand to Canada. It's going to expand to South America, which is huge. I just had the opportunity last week to talk with the amazing folks at Mile High Brazil to be able to talk with Brazilian Broncos fans and to be able to spread the message about what the Broncos, where they're at, and, and their perspective on football was phenomenal. I really enjoyed it, and you can check that out on YouTube. But there's an opportunity that South America, potentially in Brazil, there could be an NFL game, which... Every NFL team will have to host an international game. We'll have to play in an international game once every eight years, according to the NFL, which is great. The NFL wants to expand their, their reach, their audience to the more global platform, which is great. I still don't believe that the NFL should make or move teams or relocate teams out of the United States to a different country, I think, to be honest with you. And not to say that other countries can't enjoy football. I mean, there's. I think that the NFL needs to bring back NFL Europe, to be honest with you. I think the NFL needs to bring up developmental leagues in these different countries that give players the opportunity to come play in the NFL, to come play for a team. That is what I think would be absolutely necessary because there is so much talent in Japan, in China, in Mexico, in South America of, of players who do play football that don't get the opportunity to get looked at, quite frankly, as you get to see in the college football landscape that is here where we're at. So I really hope the NFL expands that, but the International 
Series will be back. And some good news, I think, for Broncos fans is that the NFL, Roger Goodell, has announced that he believes the season will open up with 100% attendance all fans in stadiums by the time the season kicks off in September for the 2021-2022 NFL season. This is phenomenal news. Now, I'm not quite sure what the training camp situation will look like. There is a possibility that fans will be allowed at training camp, but as of right now, I wouldn't expect an announcement on that and probably until the end of April, maybe even the end of June, to be honest with you. I think it'll take some time there, but there is a chance that fans can sit on the berm at the UC Health Training Center in Eaglewood, Colorado. I'm looking forward to being back there this summer. Obviously, last year, Year. Everything was virtual for all of us in media. You know, only a select few were actually able to go to the practices. And, you know, me, unfortunately, was not able to be one of them. So looking forward to being back at the facility this summer to be able to watch the Broncos in training camp and interact with some of my fellow media members that I admire a lot. So, uh, yeah, just a, a really exciting day, I think, for where we're all at as a country right now and potentially as a world where, you know, it feels like we're starting to head back towards a little bit of normalcy. But don't confuse the the feeling of getting back to a little bit of normalcy as a means to be complacent, right? We still have to do our part. And if you're not vaccinated, obviously, you know, there's that whole thing there. I'm not going to give you my thoughts on that, but I'm vaccinated. I'm very grateful to have the opportunity to do that. But I just want to make sure that every Broncos fan and every person in this world is okay and they're safe and they're not in danger. That would mean the world to me if we can preserve health and, and everything like that. So enough of me being on my soapbox here, but a couple of the storylines to look at here before we get into our text message Tuesday, essentially the the Wednesday mailbag here today. Uh, getting into it, the Broncos, their home games, as we mentioned, they'll have nine home games. Obviously the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Baltimore Ravens will be coming to town. Lamar Jackson, the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow will be coming to town. The Detroit Lions, Jared Goff will be coming to town. The New York Jets, potentially Zach Wilson, will be coming to town under Robert Sala, the new head coach there, the culture he's trying to redefine. Jalen Hurts, potentially, or you, know, you can see that whole dilemma there. Maybe Joe Flacco for the Philadelphia Eagles. And then the Washington football team, who, you know, they could be entering with Ryan Fitzpatrick or even a rookie quarterback. You know, you got to evaluate all the options there. But the Broncos' road games will be on the road against KC, the Raiders, the Chargers, on the road against Baker Mayfield, the Cleveland Browns, Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys, on the road potentially against Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Daniel Jones, the New York Giants, and obviously Big Ben, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So uh, really kind of a tough schedule for the Broncos next year and a lot of exciting storylines. We won't figure out what the NFL official schedule release will be until mid-May. We'll have you covered here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast for a full-on schedule review when that does happen. So keep your dials tuned to Lockdown Broncos. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to get into your text messages at 303-529-6323. We didn't get to text message Tuesday. There were a lot of pressing things that came up. So now we're turning that into this sort of wacky Wednesday mailbag. So I appreciate you all for sending in your Broncos thoughts and questions. But before we do that, folks, i got to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That's our good friends over there at Built Bar. And I've been telling you about Built Bar for a while now, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best as Built Bar Manus comes to a close today's matchup folks it's very critical because we are in the flavorful four the winner of this will move on to the championship round yes championship you got mint brownie versus coconut brownie chunk now you guys know me i'm not much of a coconut person i'm not much of a mint person so if i have to look i like brownie there's mint brownie there's coconut brownie and to be honest with you i'm going to lean with the coconut brownie because i feel it's a little bit more tolerable than mint but that's where I casted my vote, was with Coconut Brownie Chunk. And you can cast your 
vote today by going to BuiltBar.com or to at bar underscore built on Twitter. And remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Jumping into some text messages for some listeners of the show all across Broncos country that have added themselves to my contact list. I've also added you to mine. You can text me 303-529-6323. If you have any Broncos questions at any time, you can shoot me a text and I will answer. I will reply. There's literally 500 plus people in this Broncos text group that I have to go through and I try to respond to every single one. Sometimes I do it from the computer. Sometimes I have to do it from my phone. Sometimes I do voice messages back to you. But yes, it is me, and I like to try to get to everybody. So if you want to be added to the list and you want to be able to submit your questions for Text Message Tuesday in the future, you can do that. 303-529-6323, powered by Community. So with that said, starting things off here, ladies and gentlemen, the first text message that we have here today comes from Sean Vaughn, an avid, consistent texter on Text Message Tuesday. It says, what free agent should the Broncos sign or what player should Denver trade for at this point? Now, Rashawn, here's my stance on this, my man. I, I don't know if Denver at this point, where they're sitting at right now with the free agency market being what it is, I don't think the Denver should really go out there and, and make too many signings, right? I still believe they may make one or two signings, but they're not going to be big signings. They're going to be some lower-level signings. And potentially, I mean, you know, I, I don't know what the situation is with Will Parks right now. I know that Will Parks had interest in coming back to Denver. That's one thing I do know. And I know that there are some teams that had interest in Will Parks, but obviously we've seen what the safety market is. If Kareem Jackson is making, you know, $5 million in one season— Will Parks isn't going to make that. He's not going to make any more than that on another team unless they pay him on a multi-year deal. The market has dried up, so Will at this point, would he be willing to come back for cheap? Now, the Broncos, they haven't even made contact yet with Will's agent or with Will's representation. They haven't made any contact about bringing him back, but if I were the GM, that would be the one decision I would make because I, I don't think you can have enough safety depth there, and I think Will, not only does he provide you with value on special teams, but he is a guy that does provide a little bit of energy on the defensive side of the ball. In his return to Denver this past season, I felt like gave Denver a little bit of a boost of energy, a little bit of a jolt. We saw some of the plays that he made. He stood out against Carolina. And then, even in the Raiders game, the way that he attacked Hunter Renfro trying to block him, like blowing him up the way that he did on a screenplay to the outside, I love that stuff. I mean, you need guys like that. And look, I think Kareem Jackson will give you that, but... Will's a young guy. He's got a lot of promise to be a very good player for an NFL team, not just this year, but even in the next couple of years as some of these other guys start to fall off and get a little bit older and maybe lean a little bit more towards retirement. I, I don't think that Denver's going to make too many more moves here, though, Rashawn. I, I don't think so. And, and if they're going to trade for anybody, it'll likely be for a quarterback. Who's that going to be at this point? I don't know. I mean, Sam Darnold's the only option in my head right now or Nick Foles between those two guys right now that I think of, I think Nick Foles is actually going to be the backup quarterback to Andy Dalton this year. I think that's the writing on the wall in Chicago. They don't have another quarterback besides Andy Dalton, so I think that Nick Foles will stay put in Chicago for now unless a, you know, a team were to swap quarterback for quarterback, but Denver does not want to trade Drew Locke. Despite some speculation out there for some blogs and some other media outlets, Denver has no interest right now in trading Drew Locke. They've received calls this offseason about Drew. They've declined them, so... Take that for what you want there. But yeah, I think that if Denver's going to trade for anybody, it'll be QB. But at this point, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't. I think Denver may be done, maybe minus a couple of minuscule moves there. 
Bill Laffin says, happy birthday. No questions. I just wait for Peyton's next move. And it seems like, you know, a lot of Broncos fans have bought into George Peyton. And I, I think rightfully so. I think the moves that he has made so far to start his general manager tenure in Denver in the first couple of months on the job has provided Broncos fans with a lot of trust in him. Bringing guys like Von Miller back, Justin Simmons, even Kareem Jackson, Shelby Harris, bringing all those guys back signifies that, hey, look, you know, we can trust this guy. And that's what a lot of Broncos fans have told me. They're excited, right? And I still think it's realistic to say, look, these moves, they have to pay off on the field, but on paper, they're phenomenal moves by George Payton. So yes, I think it does buy a little bit of faith and trust from Broncos country, which, you know, is hard. It's hard to earn that. And so far, George Payton has done that. Robert Monkhouse is up next. He says, you're the general manager. You have full control of the draft. What do you do at pick number nine? Do you trade up? Do you trade down? Do you stay put? Who do you take? To be honest with you, Robert, here's my thought process. If I'm the GM, and and I'm going to give you the operation as if I, as George Payton, am going into 2021, which right now it looks very well like that, unless something happens in the draft. And based on how the other uh, draft prospects are laid out right now, comparison to you know Jacksonville at one, New York at two, San Francisco at four, and Carolina ahead of the Broncos, I don't think that Denver's going to be in a position to take a first-round quarterback. The only guy that may be in a position to take would be Mac Jones, and I don't think Mac Jones is that guy. I don't think the Denver's going to be looking at that. So uh, I'd be very surprised, like I said, if Mac Jones goes to three at the San Francisco 49ers. I don't believe that would actually happen. But uh, for me in this instance, if I'm going into 2021, if Drew Locke is the quarterback of the franchise that I'm operating, I'm going to stay put. Now, if there is a phone call from a team that says, hey, we want to move up a couple spots to pick number nine in exchange, we'll give you our second round pick and we'll give you a second-round pick next season, I would be like, okay, yes, that's fine. I would do that because, look, depending on where you trade back from, if you're at 9, I mean, even if you trade it all the way back to number 20, you'd still get some pretty good value at pick number 20 in the draft. So I would take that if I acquired an additional second-round pick in this year's draft and a second next year. But let's say that I'm staying you know, put here at number 9. It would have to be... What is the best player available on the board? Is it cornerback? Is there a guy at cornerback that I feel like could be a generational talent at the position? There's a lot of talk about Caleb Farley or even J.C. Horn being a generational type talent at cornerback. Athletic traits, IQ off the charts, those are things you can get excited about. What about, you know, J.O.K. out of Notre Dame? I mean, the Broncos going to be at his pro day here today. So maybe there's some interest there, a linebacker. And look, he's, a, he's deemed as a very smart player, a fast player as well. Could he be a guy that maybe helps the Broncos with maybe some of their needs that they have. I'm staying put at nine. And, you know, look, for me, it would either be Caleb Farley or J.C. Horn. Those would be my two picks. Patrick Sertain wouldn't be a bad pick either. But, you know, there's some question. If I have to pick between those three guys, tell you what, it's hard to ignore J.C. Horn with his athletics, his measurables, and his tape. It's hard to ignore Caleb Farley, right? But the difference between the two, the thing that I'm looking at is Caleb Farley, obviously the injury history, just recently had back surgery. He should be cleared for training camp. Do you take that, you know, high risk, potentially very high reward with Farley, or do you take what you feel like could be a sure thing with J.C. Horn? That's tough. I think I'd go J.C. Horn. And our next question comes in from David Patrasula. He says, everyone loves to knock Parsons for his alleged participation in hazing. I get that, but there is a Broncos Super Bowl winning quarterback that was also famous for putting his private area on someone's head unwillingly. Are we overblowing a story in which he was never even criminally processed? Now, you know, David, I think you make a valid point because, you know, there were those concerns about Peyton Manning and obviously what happened at Tennessee with an athletic trainer. To be honest with you, I don't know too much background on that, but yes, I have heard that story. Uh, in terms of the Micah Parsons thing, I really looked in, I looked into the court documents on it. He was mentioned, now he's not the one that was, you know, the focus of the, of the charge 
charges in the court case, but he was a participant there. Some of that is disturbing. You know, like I said, I think a lot of NFL teams, I don't have information on this, David, but a lot of NFL executives will because during this time, they do some digging. They go far back. They go back into your childhood and they dig up facts and they dig up things on these prospects. So that's going to be a major part of the interview process. We'll see how that plays out, though, David. But I think, yes, absolutely. You were very right to make that, uh, that observation and to bring up you know, that as well. Hazing, in my, in my opinion, there's, it's not acceptable in any way, shape, or form. You know, Everyone de- deserves to be treated with respect and with kindness, and any kind of sexual harassment or aggressiveness or violence against anybody of any gender is wrong. It's completely wrong, and you know, Michael Parsons was definitely in the wrong. Peyton Manning, with that whole thing in Tennessee, was definitely in the wrong. Now, here's the deal. I do believe that people do deserve second chances to be able to overcome that and prove that they're a better person and that that part was just during an immature phase of their life. But how many people get that? How many people get put in a position to make millions and act immature, right? That's where we see a lot of these other issues happen off the field. So that's on the NFL teams to do in terms of background, but not me. But, you know, I I look into all this stuff as well. So thank you, David. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to continue with your questions. We're going to get to my man Frank Soldano in just a moment. But before we do that, folks, I got to tell you guys about the other sponsors of today's episode of show that's our good friends of their betonline.ag and betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action folks you got the nba season ongoing the Denver nuggets looking to make a run could they be an nba finals favorite well you can put your money in line at betonline.ag college basketball still going on and the nhl season is in full swing with the mlb season approaching betonline even covers awards tv shows and reality tv with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website today and use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Continuing today's mailbag on this beautiful Wednesday all across Broncos country. We're starting things off here in the second half action of Lockdown Broncos with my man Frank Soldano. He says, any update on Juwan James? Is he working out with the team? How is Cortland Sutton's recovery progressing? Will he be ready for the start of the season? Frank, these are all very awesome questions. Now, the latest update that I do have for you on Juwan James is that he has talked to George Payton. He has talked to Vic Fangio. He has talked to his teammates. He is planning on playing in 2021. He is planning on coming back. And as Garrett Bowles and some of the other offensive linemen said at the end of the 2020 season, He's going to have to come into that locker room. He's going to have to earn the respect of his players because those guys, they opted out. And it didn't really seem like Juwan James kept too much in touch with players in season. We never saw anything on social media supporting the team, talking about any of the players. And then, you know, obviously leading into the 2021 offseason, he was very active on social media. So that, you know, in the eyes of a lot of people, did not shed a very good light in terms of that, in terms of working out with the team. Right now, only small groups of players are permitted to work out at the team facility. They can't have a large group right now, but the NFL, they are working towards phase one of OTAs, which begins April 19th. They say that, uh, you know, that whole process can continue where players can come in and begin that OTA process, which is great. The Broncos, the NFL, they didn't have that last year. Corlett Sutton, though, I can tell you this. The players that are on injured reserve, the players that suffered season-ending injuries and had surgery, players are going through rehab every single day at the team facility. Corlett Sutton is going through rehab at the facility every single day. He's putting in work. Now, if you follow him on social media, on Instagram, he's running routes. He's doing light jogging. He's in the weight room, you know, pumping iron and he's doing a lot of great things to be able to put himself on track to be ready and he will he is expected to be ready for the start of the season so that is great news for Cortland Sutton and for Broncos fans so thank you Frank Luke Hutchinson he's an Ohio State fan he just sends me a text 
all caps, Justin Fields, exclamation mark, question mark. I don't know if he's going to be available for Denver when Denver's on the clock, and I don't know if Atlanta's willing to part ways with their pick. I think they're going to stay at four, so that means you'd have to try to trade up to get to pick number five. I don't know if Denver's going to be in a position to do that. I don't know if Cincinnati wants to take that bait there. I just don't see that happening. I would be very shocked if it's somebody other than Justin Fields that's going to San Francisco. I think Kyle Shanahan attending these other pro days, attending Mac Jones's pro day, I think it's just smokescreen, right? Because where a guy's not going, you know, everyone makes the assumption, okay, he's not on the radar. And then the guys appear, you know, obviously watching the Alabama quarterback and everyone wants to make the connection. Okay, he's at that pro day, but he's not that one. That must mean that they're going with this guy. It's going to be Justin Fields in San Francisco, folks. I really do believe that. Uh, so, yeah, unfortunately for Broncos fans, I don't think that's going to happen unless there's a, you know, a big-time trade that the Broncos execute with the Niners. I just don't see it happening. We're going to get to a few more on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, starting things off here with Josie Coronado. What are your thoughts on where the Broncos are headed towards quarterback versus where you want them to go? From a fan perspective, it's felt way harder to read them since Peyton has been hired. Why do you think that it is, or am I losing it? Much love and happy birthday, man. Josie, thank you so much. Uh, you know, on your first question, my thoughts on where the Broncos are headed towards quarterback versus where I want them to go. You know, for me personally, uh, I think that they're headed in the, in the direction I want them to go. I think that they're going to give Drew Locke every opportunity to prove whether he is or isn't the guy. I think there will be some form of competition, whether it be a veteran guy, whether it be a quarterback in this year's NFL draft. There's going to be competition. And I think that's the right path for Denver to take when it comes to Drew Locke, when it comes to the QB position. And you are completely right. Too. Ever since George Payton has been hired, a lot of the Broncos moves have been very hard to read in terms of, you know, where are they actually going, right? There's a lot of smoke screen out there. And that's because George Payton really likes to keep a tight lid on things. He doesn't tell, you know, a lot of people information. You know, there's only a select few. And if you're in that circle, guess what? You're lucky enough to have the information. But if you're not in that circle, you know, he's going to throw you some misinformation here and there. And here's the thing that a lot of people don't realize. A lot of NFL organizations and executives, they will throw media members information to put out there as smoke screen, right? It, it's to deter. And the media member often at times has no idea if it's true or if it's untrue, but it's information. It's coming from a highly reputable source. So it has to be put out there. So that, those are some things and tactics that happen around this time of the year. So uh, Devers not letting too much out of the building, which is a great thing. Eric Blackman says, are there any weaknesses on the defense with the moves that Peyton made? If so, where depth? I, you know, I'd say depth right now, Eric, is probably the biggest thing. I think depth at safety. I think depth at corner is going to be tested, you know. And right now, I think the Broncos' cornerback depth is actually really solid when you look at it. You have Ronald Darby, Kyle Fuller, Bryce Callahan, Michael Ojemudia, Sang Bassey. He's coming off of ACL. You also have Duke Dawson coming off ACL. You have Kevin Tolliver coming off ACL. So you got three guys that are coming off ACL, which is, you know, concerning to see how they rehab. But you also have those players there. I think Dever will add one more cornerback in NFL draft. I think that's coming up here at the end of April. I think that's going to be what we see. It's going to be round one. It's going to be best player available. Or it's going to be maybe one of those mid-round picks. I think all options are on the table for Denver. You know, linebacker, you look at the depth there. You have Josie Jewell, Alexander Johnson, Justin Sternid. You do have Josh Watson. Joe Jones could be brought back. I, at this point, I, I'm not sure that linebacker is the strength when it comes to depth. I think that Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson are pretty damn good. I think Alexander Johnson has a chance to be a really damn good linebacker in the NFL. I think Josie Jewell is very solid, very serviceable, and contributes and to what the Broncos need defensively. But if you have one of those athletic specimens that can run a 4-4, 40-yard dash, that can cover tight ends, be rangy, play against the run, as good as he does against the pass, 
I think that Denver is sitting pretty there if that's the case. Now, is Justin Stern that guy? I'm not sure. We'll find out. Two more here on today's episode of the show, folks. Kevin Randolph says, that at this point, without a veteran quarterback sign, do you expect Brett Rippon to be the backup or is Alex Smith an option? You know, the deeper that the Broncos get, I think that they're really evaluating. They're keeping an eye on the New York Jets situation. They want to see what's up with Sam Darnold. And if Sam Darnold's available at the right price, Dever's going to make an offer to the Jets. Now, will they do that? I don't know. Is that going to be the case right now? Probably not, but they're keeping an eye on it because there's a lot of talk about Darnold's trade value, and it's expected to obviously lessen as the NFL draft approaches, so there could be an opportunity where Denver maybe parts ways with a fourth and a fifth round pick or a fifth round pick and maybe an additional fourth next year to be able to acquire him. That might be the only way. Outside of that, look, I don't think that the Broncos would be hurting to have Brett Rippon be a backup to Drew Locke. Once again, I think that Brett Rippon, he's a very, very cerebral guy. You know, there's a lot of people that I talk to that are really impressed with Brett Rippon's fortitude and his ability to pick up the playbook. And he understands Pat Shermer's playbook really well. And he was very decisive when he was in the game. Obviously, we talked about the Jets game. He had those three interceptions. Yes. But outside of that, you take away those three throws. He had some pretty good ball placement. He had a good decision on it. He was quick and he was timely with it. He didn't hesitate or hold on to it too long. He's going to be a really good backup quarterback in the NFL. I really think that Britt Rippon's going to have a chance to be a long-term guy as a backup. And potentially, it's for the Denver Broncos. But I do think that if the quarterback market continues to dry up and the Broncos can't trade for a guy like Sam Darnold, I think that they absolutely will bring in Alex Smith. Now, I don't think that bringing in Alex Smith is going to be a competition point for Drew Locke. I just don't know based on where Alex Smith is at. Now, the issue that he ran into last year was with his calf, he had you know that wear and tear. What happens is when you're trying to overcompensate, especially after a major, major injury like that, your calf muscles tend to get a lot sore, right? Even though that you experience numbness and and kind of a little bit of that soft tissue, uh, you know, dead feeling there, that's a little bit of a concern. That's why he missed some of those games. That's why he missed the playoff games because his calf muscle was absolutely just done for. I mean, it was completely sore and, and unstable, and that that's kind of a risk factor there. So I think Alex Smith would be a great guy for the room. Would he be a guy that provides ample competition to Drew Locke? Probably not. And Kurt Fogg sends in our final text here today. I wish I could be inside the GM's head and which directions they are leaning at pick number nine. You know, Kurt... I think that everybody wishes that, right? Because if we all knew that we could make some money off of it, you know, in terms of the betting lines and everything out there, especially with betonline.ag, we could cash out, my friend, and we could retire if we all knew what was going on, what was inside the GM's head and be able to forecast that. But, you know, I think that's a good thing about sports. It's the intrigue because when we see the team make the move, we have to factor in, we have to look at the pros and cons. We have to analyze how good it is. Is it going to work out? For example, you know, if the George Payton makes a pick that is absolutely great for the Broncos in the eyes of Broncos fans, you know, there's not going to be much discussion on it. But if there's a guy, a pick that, you know, many Broncos fans feel like is controversial, there's going to be a lot of question marks. There's going to be a lot of people wondering why did he make that move? And that's why you guys have me because, you know, either way, I'm not going to spin anything. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to give you both sides. I'm going to give you the opposing side. I'm going to give you the side that's for it because I think that's my job as an analyst is not to have any bias, and I don't, which is the great thing about it. I can be objective, and I can provide you guys with both sides of the table about players, about picks, about decisions, and then we can process it together. We can talk about it and have our you know our agreements or disagreements in a respectful way. That's why I like doing this podcast. That's why I love interacting with you guys, and that will conclude today's episode. Lockdown Brock was here on Wednesday, March 30th. 
31st, the final day of March. Tomorrow is April Fools, and don't fall for any of those silly April Fools jokes that you may see on the timeline, folks. But with that said, stay safe. I love you guys as always. Thank you for celebrating my birthday with me here today on Lockdown Broncos. We'll be back for a brand new episode of the show tomorrow as the Pro Day Circuit continues today, tomorrow, and all week. And could the Broncos be making some more moves? Everything is on the table at this point. I'm Cody Orcosta, Lockdown Broncos. See you tomorrow. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.